Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for joining us again. I'm Marco Malmasi of Malmasi Fire Arts, here with Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives and Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. This is the show where we talk knives, sharp things, pokey things, whatever. You guys ask. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we talk food. (laughs) Uh, But you guys also help drive the conversation. We answer questions. We do our best. And we just kind of generally just chatting. Just chatting, guys. How's the last week been? Craig, you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, A good week. A good week. So I'm not actually making knives um, for the next couple of weeks simply because um, any orders that I take, they wouldn't get there for Christmas. There's, there's no way in the world. So I've been doing lots of design work, which we talked about last week with the uh, the folding knife that I'll be working on. Um, but I, I had a bit of a revelation this week. I've been thinking, um, it's been getting to me, seeing lots and lots of sort of rip-off knives on, you, you know, you go on Instagram, you look through your feet, and you see knives, and they're clearly somebody else's design. Um, we get the question asked to us a lot as well. You know, what, what do you think about, you know, that the, the generally sort of Instagram accounts and they're, they're basically it's copying other people's knives. You know, what could we do about it? And at the end of the day, there's not much we can do. Really isn't. So I thought, well, in my case, most of the, not most, but a lot of the work involved when I make a knife is upfront sort of design work. And, you know, I make everything on the computer first and all that kind of thing. And I'm thinking, well... If our knife designs are going to be stolen anyway, which people can, they can just they can just take a picture, you know, take one of your pictures, and they can you know draw the shape. They could steal it that way. I thought, well, if I've already got these assets, why not sort of sweat the assets? So um, from January the first, I've been working on this this week. From January the first, all of the um, CAD drawings of my knives will be available on my site, um, and I'll also be offering my knife in different states. So. And when I say states, I don't mean geographically. I mean in different finished states. So um, let's say you're a beginner knife maker and you want to make one of my, let's say, box cutters, but maybe you don't have a heat-treat oven. Well, you can buy a blank heat-treated ready for grinding. Or if you wanted, you could buy a fully ground knife ready for handling. Um, These won't be labeled as chop knives. They will be uh, labeled as designed by chop and made by, and the customer's name will be lasered onto the blade. So I think if I'm doing all this work anyway, rather than just get ripped off and not make a penny, why not try and and, and sell them? So, for example, the CAD drawings, they'll be like $10 um, just, just to download. It'll just be a picture which people can print out and then use that as a stencil. Um, it's just trying something a bit different. And I think, why not? The work's already done. Why not try and make a little bit of money from it? So yeah, so I'm going to start January the 1st. Any new knives, they'll be a, you'll be able to buy a knife from me as usual. You'd also be able to buy just the, just like that, that the CAD drawing, or you'd be able to buy a blank as well. And I think it could be quite interesting. I, I liked it when we did the, the build along, 
and you see other people making now knife like Alex Alex Steele did the knife kit in a box as well. Um, that obviously sold pretty well for him. So I think I don't know, be quite nice. Sweat the asset. Most of the most of my followers certainly on Instagram are other makers, make or oh, people just starting to make knives, and that's my audience. So yeah, so that's the plan. So it's been a lot, a lot of thinking involved and a lot of changes to the website, which which will need to go live, ready for January. But yeah, it's it, it's I'm enjoying it. I'm sorry. What is sweating the asses? Sweating the asset. Sweating the asset. It's a business speak, Jeff. Business oh, speak. It is. Yeah. So you've got this asset which which has value. Oh, asset. Asset. Okay. Yes. You've got this this asset that has value. So sweat it. You know, make as much money you can from it. So even if it's just a CAD drawing of my knife. For maybe for a beginner knife maker, that could be quite handy as a reference, or they, they could even print it out and use that as their template. May um, I make one addition? Sure. Get a bar of steel with two holes, heat treat the bar of steel, and sell that too. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> a blank blank. <laughs> yeah, a blank blank with the blank holes heat treated, and let them figure out the, the and let them figure out their profile. Uh, well, I th- my thought is at the end of the day, anybody can take a picture off Instagram, um, print out that picture to scale, and use that as a uh, as a template. So why not give it to them in a, in a better form and and make some money from it? You know, that's mm. that's the plan. So yeah, any of my past knives, any of my future knives, all their plans will be, from January the first, you'll be able to buy them, and you'll also be able to buy the knife in any sort of finished state, whether it's just a cutout profile, whether it's heat treated, or whether it's ground. Yeah, it's to finish it. That's an interesting so, concept because I mean, knife kits are available all over. Like you can get yeah. them off from knife supply stores, and like you said, Alex Steele, all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's just interesting because I think a lot of people go the other direction and are like doing everything they can to keep their stuff propi- proprietary. Yeah, and and what can you do? Um, as right. we mention this every week, we always get that same question. There's not really much you can do. So my thought is just just go with it. But you're um, not targeting you're not targeting knife makers. You're tar- you're targeting DIYers and hobbyists. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you know if I look at my at my followers, a lot are people getting into knife making or knife makers who maybe have a full time job and they just do stuff on the weekend. You know, so why not? Why not? You know, that's that's the plan. So here's the tough question. If you see down the line someone made a knife, posted on Instagram, it was from your kit, and they talk about this is my knife, I made this knife by myself, I made this knife, they bought all the shit from you, and then they're talking about how it's theirs, what's your, what's your uh, blood pressure level going to be? Because <laughs> I, I know that you know everyone, everyone seems to think that I'm the crazy one. You, you, you have a tendency to go like... <laughs> 90 miles an hour <laughs> at a drop of a hat. Well, if they do, I mean, any blank that leaves here, that is not a finished knife. So if it's a finished knife, it's, it's labeled, it's got my maker's mark on it. It's a chopped knife. Um, if anybody's buying a blank, um, it'll have, so across the, the the spine of the tang, so the bit that's, you know, with a handle showing, um, that'll be lasered, uh, designed by chop, made by and the customer's name will be on there. Oh, cool. So if they want to grind that off, well, I can't stop them. You know, good, good on you. Um, and, no, I won't be pissed off. I, I would have made some money from them, and that's I'm in this to make money, so why not? You know? There you go. Always thinking. Always thinking. So, yeah, that's been my week, really, just planning that out and how that's going to work and 
and that kind of thing and, and you know literally taking stock of what i have here um and going from there hmm. i like the idea of cutting out the labor too that's something that i talked about with uh Tomer back when I was in, in at uh, in Barcelona. Yeah. If you cut the labor out, then you know you have a chance to make a little bit more money. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way I work is once I've got a design, I generally get sort of two, three hundred, um, and I've had you know five hundred some of some blades cut. So they're then they're then just sitting here. They're laser cut. They're just sitting here in my workshop. Um, and when I can, for example, it's a restaurant order, I'll then you know pull out the fifty. I'll do the heat treat. I'll do the grind and all the rest of it. So. If they're just sitting here, why not make them available? That's that's my thing. And the more I can buy, the cheaper they become anyway, because everything is you know priced per piece when you when you right. uh, laser cut. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so why not? Why not? It's something a bit different, and um, it stems from that sort of, that sort of software background that I have, where you know people open source stuff. You know, you'd sure. be able to go to GitHub and download the the source code or whatever. It's it's a similar thing, and you think what we're trying to do here with Knife Talk is, um, you know get other people involved and, you know, help if we can. And, you know, we learn from other makers as well. So this is all part of that, I suppose. Get them involved to a certain degree. <laughs> Not all the way. This worries you, doesn't it, Jeff? You like the people who No, but I mean, you know, know I mean, the ripoff thing is, is, a, is a fascinating topic because, mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can go about it in a number of different ways. You can say, okay, this was an homage, or this was a completely blatant ripoff, or this was, you know, somebody just decided, oh, this inspired me. And then you can also go down the rabbit hole of you're taking something from me. So there are different shades of uh, opinion in regards to this dilemma. And I, I, it fascinates me, to be honest with you. It makes me, it does, does it make me angry? Angry is not the word. Disappointed, <laughs> disappointed sometimes. Um, there are certain things that have been disappointments. Yeah. But I wouldn't say angry. And I've always been of the mind of, uh, especially because, you know, I deal with so many friends of mine or cooks who steal vinaigrette recipes from other places. And, you know, it's just like completely, you get to the point where you're just like, if I have to hang my hat on this, then it's my fault. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But another thinking is anybody who, let's say, bought a blank from me, um, they wouldn't be my customer. There's not, there's no restaurants out there going, where can we go online and buy, you know, 50 blanks and we'll finish these knives ourselves? Nobody's doing that. <laughs> yeah. And also, the people who are buying blanks and finishing them, they generally won't be targeting the same customer as me. So right. I'm, not, I'm not taking, you know, customers from myself. I'm just adding an extra pool of customers. That's, that's the way I'm thinking of it. Look at you. That's interesting. Yeah, whole Jeff, business. Going back to what you were just saying about like uh, the whole idea of stealing and you feeling disappointed. I, it's funny because I I put stuff out there and I'm indifferent for the most part um, when people uh, like take inspiration, I guess, from my work or Damascus patterns or pattern model Wednesdays, especially. I mean, that's part of the reason I put it out there. But when it comes to uh, other people seeing um, like people taking inspiration, strong inspiration from other maker friends of mine um, and looking through and seeing no, like no credit or anything like that. I get fucking twisted up and pissed off yes, you do. so bad. <laughs> yes, you do. Get you get, so you get very pissed. protective. You get very, very protective, <laughs> very protective. We've been, we're, yeah. we've been on the other end of that, <laughs> on that conversation. So yeah, yeah sure. you get very protective. I don't know what the, my problem is, but it's it's just it's weird to 
think about like I don't care about anybody trying to or potentially ripping me off. I'm completely indifferent. But when it comes to if somebody's trying to rip you off or Craig or anybody else that I'm friends with, I'm just like I want to rip their head off. <laughs> huh. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Hmm. You're not gonna psychoanalyze. Hmm. It's nice. To, it's nice to think that people may be being inspired I'm... by your work, but you don't want them making money from your work. Maybe. <laughs> I think it's. It I think it's. I think that subconsciously you you aren't indifferent, and I think that you're able to. I think that you're able to voice your feelings towards other people because then all of a sudden you're in the situation of being almost heroic as opposed to being um, narcissistic that you're mad that someone's taking something from you. I think that I think you aren't indifferent. I think it just gives you a free pass to get mad about it. That's what I think. Without guilt. I, I just reallocate and channel all that frustration. <laughs> yeah. I think so, that the, most people do that. I think that yeah. I think that there's I think that you know very much like in a dream in a, in a dream you are everything. So you have to kind of imagine that all the parts of your dream you're everything. And I know Craig's like rolling his fucking eyes being like, "Oh, here he goes again." PS. <laughs> PS. Thank you for putting up the uh Makery Network drinking game. Oh, yes. <laughs> I had to, the Makery Network drinking game. There could there I laugh very hard when and you were very easy on me. PS. But I, I laugh very hard about the maker the Makery Channel drinking game. And if you if you're playing the Makery Channel drink, uh, drinking game, Makery Network drinking game, if we talk about testicles, you're gonna have to drink. So get ready to fucking call the ambulance because I got some shit to talk about. For those who haven't seen it, I'll read out the rules. So it's it's the Makery Channel Christmas drinking game, um, and I think this should start today. We're basically starting Christmas today. Yeah. So in knife talk, anytime we mention our testicles, but it has, it's not our testicles, just testicles, just testicles in general. Drink right. on the handmade podcast. Every time they mention TikTok, drink, and you will be drunk. You <laughs> or, will be or, drunk. <laughs> or you can, as an as an addition, if 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 Paul Pinto hates something, <laughs> Paul Pinto gets mad about. It. He's too young to be so mad. He's the maddest kid on the internet. Everything's pr problem. Uh, if Brian from the Work for It podcast, if he does one of his presenter voices, drink. Oh, which he's very good at, by the way. P.S. Great podcast, and he he on his last episode he was talking he was doing he was doing all the voiceovers that we were talking about the voiceovers we were mm. doing. And I sent a message. I said maybe you should be doing the voiceovers for Knife Talk because. He is. He's got a, a luscious voice. He's got a voice for radio. He definitely has. So yeah. he's he's he just he's roped me back saying just send me the script. So, Craig, <laughs> in the future we don't have to pay these motherfuckers on on whatever a yeah. cameo to get these guys going. Cool. You know? um, where where were we? Oh uh, yeah, the art of craftsmanship. Every time they recommend a YouTube video, drink. There's going to be a lot. Um, for the full blast full blast podcast. Every time Jeff mentions sculpture. You drink. You were very easy on me, P.S. And now he's got his sex dungeon downstairs. There's going to be a lot of sculpturing going on. We're going to hear more and more and more. You're obsessed. <laughs> you sent me a GIF, a GIF that like almost like paralyzed me. It a was what, like sorry? A GIF? A GIF? Oh, get, get off my... Get off the phone. <laughs> get off my phone. What do you call it? You call it GIF, right? It's a, it's a GIF. It's a GIF. All right, fine. GIF. 
I don't give a shit. I don't care enough. You sent me one that was like so hypnotic that I was just like, I have to like erase this because it's like starting to hypnotize me. It's like blinking <laughs> lights. I thought, was gonna have a, I thought it was going to have a, a fucking um, a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was beeping and blinking. And I was like, oh, God, this is having problems. And the the last one in the, the makery Christmas drinking game is every time Jeremy from Simple Little Life mentions the word snow drink so yeah there's gonna be a lot of drinking going on if, if you're actually playing along with the game right. um, especially if you're one of those kind of people who listen to the podcast in the mornings yeah you may not get much work done but uh yeah that's where we are i have to hand it to you the makery network shows have been all very good and i've been listening to most of them and kudos once again for the xyz podcast because you don't have to be a cnc guy to to enjoy it it's a very very enjoyable podcast so congratulations. Thank you. And I'd say even if you aren't a CNC guy, it maybe is the show because I'm trying to learn more and I'm just learning so much from Aaron each week. Sure. So if you're not into CNC, but maybe you want to, yeah, it's probably a good show to listen to. My brother-in-law loves it. Really? Oh, good to yeah. hear. Good to hear. It's great. I mean, it really, the first three episodes, the pacing's good. The chemistry's good. I think Aaron's a little dark. <laughs> I, 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 darker than I expected. And I think he's going to get darker. I have a feeling. I think so. He's loosening up a bit more now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was my week. We haven't talked about your guys, uh, your weeks yet. So, uh, Morocco, your week. How's, how's it been going? Oh, it's been going good. Uh, oh, I actually... That I sounded Scottish then. Scottish. Scottish. I, 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 I thought it was like kind of Midwestern Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been good. I got... I joined... Um, 2020 and got well i guess 2019 i got a brand new iphone 11 it feels super fancy but then i had a super senior uh moment jeff would uh identify with this so they send the phone (laughs) they send the phone with the the cable right but it's the new like lightning uh usb and they don't Mm. send a little box like a little charger box to plug it in the wall with ah yeah uh, and it's different. It's not like a standard USB. Like a, it's not like a three point or is it two point oh, three point oh. Anyways, I think the the new ones USB three. Get, I think aren't they? Yeah. Three. Keep my problems out of your problems because <laughs> this, these are all your problems. <laughs> these are my problems. Oh, so these are champagne problems. These when you, you <laughs> yeah. can't uh, get the right cord for your, your no, new well, iPhone. I was so obsessed with the end that plugs into the little box that goes in the wall. I wasn't even in pain. I was just like, fuck, how the fuck am I going to charge this stupid thing? I don't have one of those damn boxes. I don't have that port on my computer. I'm screwed. I wasn't paying attention to the fact that it's this. the part that plugs into the phone is the same as my old one. And <laughs> it's like all twisted up about it for like 24 hours. And then it dawned on me that I'm a fucking idiot and <laughs> I can still use my old charger. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, you know, you can wireless, wirelessly charge these now by sticking them on the, the little puck thing. I sure, love those. Sure, if you've but got also, one of those. But if you've got oh, a, you... <laughs> um, an electric hob, um, you know, you do cooking on. If you put your phone on there and turn that on, it'll charge via that as well. Get the fuck off. Try it, Ash, seriously. Get out of here. Wait, cook your, that, no, do not phones. try that. Do not try that. Do <laughs> 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 get people to burn their phones up? <laughs> On an induction yeah, 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 if you're listening. Oh, my God. Yeah, do, don't try that. Yeah, stick them in the microwave, too, to warm them up. <laughs> <laughs> Pesky cold phone. Um, yeah, so that was 
stupid. Uh, but we got our first batch of calendars sent out. That was really great. Um, to, nice to get those out as well as our spoons. Uh, I finished uh, three of the Smith and Bard knives. Um, it's kind of tricky doing. I was, you know, we were talking about the marks the other day and how to like retain the mark um, after after you mark it and then go do more cleaning up on the blade and stuff like that. But I got it worked out pretty nice. This is a kind of a new handle style. It's a riff on the last one I did, but it's, a, it's just slightly different. Like you got, we were talking about how to make our work different and, um, and kind of stand out and kind of hard for people to rip off. If you, if, I mean, if you're trying to figure out how to do that, you just got to do shit that is really unscalable or <laughs> so that manufacturers won't rip it off or, uh, or just stuff that other people can't do. And so I haven't seen this handle style. I'm sure plenty of other people could do it. Um, but I'm excited to um, show some videos and pictures of that. Cool. And then I started forging steel for the next knife. That's it. So nice. I'm moving onward and upward. Will you be having much of a break for Christmas, do you think? No. Uh, I'll, I'll have Christmas Day off, I think. And that's probably about it. Yeah, me too. Shock. All in shock. Wow, we gotta we gotta fucking work, dude. We don't have the we don't have the the luxuries of like estate living. You know, I mean, it's, it's like shit's gotta fucking move. No. Gotta keep it going. What, no. what about you, Jeff? How's your um, week been? Well, it started off with the uh, Jeep uh, dilemma. It was uh, last episode. I crashed the car into the shop, and for some reason, I didn't realize. I, I, it must have been the fog of of the at the moment. And I was like completely unaware that, you know, you do have collision insurance, and you can use your insurance. So we filed a claim. What did you a... write? What did you write on the claim form? <laughs> I do a podcast in my jeep, so I decided to drive my jeep into my shop and hit an anvil. Isn't this that we wrote? <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> I didn't, they didn't ask for a 500-word essay. I mean, it would have been, you know, I just kept it very clean. And I and I, I called someone up, and then I, you know, I explained. I had driven into my garage, and I hit a table. And it had moved, and I hit it in a corner of the table. That was it. I didn't, I didn't like, you know, give him my fucking bio, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told me I should send you the bill, P.S., because this is, a, this is a knife talk expense. Oh, jeez. Can you imagine? <laughs> So, so, uh, so I, I, um, father claim I get a phone call, uh, a couple days later, these insurance salesmen, these insurance people are, I mean, I, they're scum, they're total scum. So this guy walks me through what to do. Okay. You know, I, based on the pictures you sent, uh, this is the estimate. And he, he says, don't, don't be upset. It's not a very high estimate. And he gave me this piddly number that I was just like, come on, dude. You know as well as I do that this is not going to be enough to cover this for the fucking damages. But I was just like, all right, well, he says, well, don't worry. You know, once you figure out your your shop, well, there's going to be supplemental. I'm sure they're going to find something that we can't see and blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at this bill. And I'm just like, dude, you're you're crazy. We have a $500 deductible and they take care of the rest. And he goes, uh, you know, just find your place and whatever you want to go, you know, wherever you want to go, we'll take care of it. And we're going to... So I found a place that was respected in the area. It was walking distance from my house and it was, you know, good recommendations and clean and okay. I brought it over there and then I gave him all the paperwork and 
they're, you know, then they get the number of the insurance guy. I mean, I know we're not going to be, I'm going too far into this. And I'm like, all right, done. We're going to, I mean, we're just going to take care of it. I get a call last night from the guy. And he says, I, he says, I just, I just going to, we got to, we got to talk about something. I'm like, okay, go ahead. He's like, um, the, the price that the company, the, the, the auto body shop that gave me is higher than we expected. I'm like, okay. He said, we'll, we'll take care of it, but it's high. And I'm like, okay, so what's, so what's the problem? And he goes, I want you to brace yourself. And I said, no, you brace yourself. I've been paying for 20 years with this insurance company. I've never had accidents before. I've never had a problem before. I've, my wife and I have, have been very good customers of yours. You brace yourself. And there was a little bit of silence. I'm like, why? I'm not, you're not my father. I'm not begging you for money here. And the, so, so the bill ended up becoming three, three, almost four times as much as they offered, which seemed about right, you know, yeah. for the amount of damage that was. But it was like, dude, we're not like on the road together, you know, like fucking Thelma and Louise about to jump off the cliff together. You're the insurance guy. Fucking pay the bill. Hmm. I'm pay, I, I understand. My rates are probably going to go up. Fine. We've been... We've been using this insurance company for 20 years and paying no problem. So you brace yourself. And I was just, and I was just very, very much along the lines of like, obviously I didn't talk to him that way because I, <laughs> the check hasn't been cut yet. Yeah. But it was very much along the lines of what the fuck? You, and then I told my wife, she started smiling. She goes, they are such scum. I'm like, I know. It's like, so, so what did he want you to say? So he was saying he's going to take care of it. He, what, he wanted you to be grateful? What, what yeah. Was... Yeah. Oh it was like, God. it was like daddy. It was like asking daddy for money or something like that. <laughs> it was like, what do you, what do you, what do you, oh, don't, don't worry. I'm going to take care. Brace yourself for the price. I'm like, why am I bracing myself? You're paying. My deductible's not changing yet. My, my rates, I'm probably going to go up. That's the way it is. Hmm. But it was just like, don't play this fucking emotional support game with me because this is like you're we fuck you so i got i got a little bit terse with them so that was the end of that so so i'm just like just pay the pay the pay the man and, and he said he said well you know the the place that you picked is very good but it's very expensive they're very good they do great work but they're very expensive I'm like that's not my problem hmm. <laughs> i have no idea How just strange it was the most bizarre conversation it's just like like we're friends on the street corner and he's gonna like give me hook me up with a deal no 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 no. we pay you to take care of this just take care of it to get, don't, i don't need any fucking side talk <laughs> so is it done yet no fuck no oh, it's God. like still you know they just they just they're 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 negotiating and this is the this i guess this is the he wanted me to know that he's negotiating with the auto shop but i don't give a fuck Dude, leave me alone just give me my yeah. fucking car back oh, give me Jesus a fucking Christ. ridiculous so, so it's not even drivable you can't even drive it yes you can but it has i mean if it if it didn't blow out that the the headlight then i'd consider just living with it but the problem was that hit the panel kind of affected how the passenger seat opened so Not there was like you, a yeah. popping noise so it's just like it was a stupid thing it happened and it's just like don't give me any more fritz just take care of it and don't pretend like you're my hero you're my insurance guy <laughs> you just wanted a pat on the back maybe i mean it's like seriously it's like you know do you want me to thank you fuck you just take care of it like you're supposed to all right that's enough of that so i dealt with <laughs> asshole and then um 
And that's the problem with, you know, we have to deal, you know, everyone has to deal with doing the insurance. It's like everything's a big thing. It's the same thing with medical. I mean, my wife, when she deals with like insurance companies and stuff like that, she's like, these people are fucking insufferable. You know, they're just like everybody's out to make a dollar and they just don't give a shit. So there's the end of that. There's old man ranting for you. That's <laughs> nice insurance companies. So, um, and then in the meantime, I've been hauling ass, hauling ass, just knocking out knocking out old orders and just getting them in the mail and getting ready for, I got a couple of little Christmas dealy dues that I'm trying to get ready to, uh, locals pick up and I'm kind of organizing my time with, um, stuff that I owe for Christmas. And then a couple like local thing that I can kind of like sneak in by the 23rd or 24th. So yeah, yeah, we're hauling ass. We're hauling ass. Nice. Well, if you're going to be working hard, you're going to need... Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! To the chopper, indeed. Yes, Even Heat. Evenheat-kiln.com. Go check them out. And now, on to the meat of the show. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? So this is the bit we do every week where you guys ask us questions. We try to answer, and um, we normally have a bit of a laugh as well. So if you've got a question... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. Brian wants that job, P.S. Brian wants all those jobs. He's just like like, (laughs) looking at his wallet and thinking, I got all of them. I'm going to do them all. (laughs) Uh, The first one we got is from Adam Tricky. Um, hey, cutie pies, can I ask you a question? When doing spine file work, do you do the file work before heat treat and risk that contributing to warpage during the quench, or do you carry out the work uh, post-heat treat and add the steps of a fully anneal in the tang? And he says, P.S., still waiting for Jeff to offer his services on Cameo. 10 out of 10 would pay. <laughs> no, We'll forget the cameo thing for now. We'll come back to that. Um, yeah, um, spine work. So any file work on a spine, he's asking, do you do it before he treat or afterwards and then maybe anneal the tang and do it that way? Um, I'll speak first. I, I do My file work is very, very simple, um, and it's all done in, this, in the soft state before um, heat treating. Um, and I've been working on a way of actually not using a file to do the file work. Um, so across my spine, I generally have, um, they're like half circles and there's, there's either four or five, depends on the model of knife. Um, and I use a, a Dremel, um, and I've got this little jig that I've made so I can put the Dremel down at a certain angle each time to make sure that, that, um, half circle is the same each time. Um, so I could, I probably could do that with a hardened blade, um, but I don't think it affects, um, with regards to warpage, um. Because you know they're not deep into into the knife; they're just you know they're just touches. So yeah, it doesn't really affect it. Um, Jeff, you do more intricate sort of firework on yours on your uh, spines. Um, oh. So what's your answer? I do everything before heat treatment, and I yeah. try to do it. I try to do it extra deep because <clears throat> because uh, you know when you're grinding your handle down, you don't want to lose everything. Um, but I haven't had a problem with that. The only problem I have had was if I didn't take out, when I do the half circles, I do an, initially, I do a, a nick with a uh, a triangular file just so I, my uh, uh, round file doesn't slip. Yeah. And I have seen one twice, I've been seen twice where I left a little bit of that nick 
and I saw a fissure, like a little, a slight, slight beginning stages of a crack um, after heat treatment, and it would, and it kind of came from one of those fireworks. So I'm very, very careful in regards to how much I do and uh, what I leave and stuff like that. Um, but I do everything before heat treatment, and you can do it. You can do it after heat treatment. I, I've tried it a few times with using a die grinder. Yeah, like a Dremel. You can't use those those drums. Those drums aren't gonna make it happen. Um, you're just gonna like just buzz through them. Mm. I have used uh, like a like a carbide bit, and then actually to get the kind of like angle angled you know branchy parts in. You I've used a cutoff wheel on a uh dremel one of those thin dremels you can kind of oh, right, yeah, it's tricky yeah. but it's tricky adam tricky but it's you know it can happen it's tricky yeah as that is a good name p.s adam tricky adam tricky uh Morocco, do you do any file work on yours i don't so no <laughs> i have anything to contribute okay. sorry okay no worries no worries. i have something to contribute to the cameo thing quick 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 sent mm. to us by charlie lionheart is a quiz is a quiz for you quick quiz like a one quiz one question quiz um who is the highest earner on cameo for this past year ooh good question who could that be anybody decent is not going to be on there that's my thinking um arnold schwarzenegger i'll say <laughs> What do you think? What do you think, Marco? Who is the highest earner on Cameo? Mark Hamill. Brian Baumgartner. You know who that is? No. No. Kevin from The Office. The <laughs> highest earning. Highest wow. earning. How much do you think he made on Cameo this past year? Six hundred thousand. A fucking million dollars. Kevin from <laughs> <And> the office. <laughs> Kevin from the office is the wow. highest earner. Thank you, Charlie Lionheart, for bringing it to our attention. He apparently his um, it's note the actor takes a lot of pride in the craftsmanship of his videos. He goes all out for this cameo. He made a fucking million dollars saying hi to people and happy birthday. Wow, fucking Kevin from the office. Jesus. Charlie Lionheart's helping with the content. So, Jesus. I mean. Motherfucker better be moving hard. <laughs> I mean, what did he do in a three hundred dollars a pop? That's a that's a lot of work. Yeah, jeez. Uh, funny enough, I've got a friend who um, he's always keeping up, with, uh, you know, with tech and things like that, and you know where you should invest money and all that kind of thing. Um, and we were chatting, and he said um, OnlyFans, which is um, I suppose similar to Cameo, I suppose maybe. Um, <laughs> um, apparently, that that app is more profitable than any of the other social networks. Um, and he said, as soon as they float, he said, make sure you get stock in OnlyFans because it's just going to be crazy. And I, yeah, it's, it's it's a weird thing, isn't it? Do you know how many times he would have had to do a cameo message to make a million dollars? If you just done the sums. Um, it's how much like, did he charge in? 300. All right. So you're going to do it on the calculator like I just no, did. I'm like 3,333. 3, That's a lot. That's yeah. like, that's a pile. You're doing Probably. a pile every day. But you know, on your phone, just and he's probably just got like a script, doesn't he? he? Just changes their name each time and it just sends it away. Apparently, he apparently he's known for these long, really great things, and you know, makes oh. production about it. I mean, that's only like nine a day, maybe if you round, yeah, you know, maybe ten a day. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
That's not bad. You know, it's not a full time job, is it? If you make a million dollars a year, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. The OnlyFans thing is interesting because the ones that I've I've heard of, it's always like some police officer or, or like geez, you read these articles of like, you know, some border patrol guard who's a sexy <laughs> lost her job because she did an OnlyFans and she's like wearing like the border patrol outfit and yeah, her ass I, hanging I out. I don't think that was the original intention of OnlyFans for it to be you know, semi clad women and you know all the rest. Well, what's of it. the like, what's the point? I is think it, like it was just Patreon? like um. Yeah, I think it was like a Patreon or just put basically putting a um like a paywall in front of whether the videos or photos. So they could be, you know, for YouTubers, that kind of thing. I think that was the plan. But obviously, like most things in the world, you know, soft porn has taken over it. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. that, that's what's making it and pushing it forward, which is crazy. Who wants to go next? Yeah, I'll take the All next English one. knives. Oh. Never mind. That's just, oh, did I interrupt you? No, go ahead. Uh Hi, guys. First of all, thanks for the great show. I look forward to it every week. I have a question. I'm thinking about getting a variable speed disc sander to speed up some of the finishing of the flats on chef knives. But now those puppies ain't cheap. So my question is, would a disc sander be a game changer and worth the investment? I don't make a huge number of knives, but I'm planning on a batch of about 15 in the near future and possibly I'm going to batch hereafter. Thanks again for a great podcast and many happy returns on your 60th birthday, Jeff. <laughs> I get a lot of those. Somebody's happy birthday, 72, 45, 77. No, no one said 45. I, wish, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have minded 45. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, well, you use one more than, more than us, so what's your thought? I use it for almost every. I love it because I do love it for – I use it for the handles too. Like when I'm flattening, like when I'm the initial stages of kind of like squaring off my handles, um, I use it a lot. And also when I start the rounding, I really like, I love the disc sander just for, for I use it for all the time. And, and a lot of it comes from the fact that I used a disc sander at my old metal shop. Like you, you're using a metal shop, you're using a disc sander a lot. Um, maybe not for the same things, but they are great. I, I think they're awesome. Um, and ultimately is it worth the money it depends as with everything here with everything that we're doing it's a question of are you looking for some sort of you know efficiency device you know it's mm. it became very important for me when i had an employee and i could prepare the knives for hand sanding and it's cut down the t my time by a lot for the hand sanding and I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to, I finally saw the video that Aaron Goff put up about using those stones and mm. I'm going to start to look into those in the new year for sure. Those stones that kind of cut down on your hand sanding time. But the disc sanding has been, for me, I've gotten such a more accurate, uh, fl the flats, like you were saying, the, the bevels. I've gotten, I've gotten such better results from the hand, from the, um, uh, disc sander just fine tunes the blades but i use it for the handles too yeah okay Mareko, do you use a um, a disc grinder at all no i mean i have one um but everything on my knife is curvy uh right. the only time i was using it before was really to like to flatten um like little tiles before i forge welded them back together um but i just use my broadback now for that um so yeah everything's curvy i got the s grind i got like the hand there's no flats on the handles 
So I kind of just don't have a use for one. And honestly, like if you're, if you don't make that many knives and you're only doing a batch of 15, I mean, I th I think a, b a batch of 15 knives is a healthy batch for a custom maker, but it's, I don't know if that's enough to invest in a, in a flat disc sander mm. just unless, for that one batch unless you were clever and you bought a, a broad back a broad back uh, grinder because they have an attachment which is actually a disc grinder which you can just you know put put the put the arm in that's right and it uses the belt to drive then the disc grinder um so they're very very affordable um and i think with most, you know, when, when people talk about, you know, equipment and stuff, you want stuff that you can use as much as possible. And the, the Broadback uh, grinder is certainly seems that way. I don't have one myself. Um, I'm hoping to get one in the future just because they're so, so versatile. I know Jeff's got one and Mareko's got one. And they they seem to be the 2x72 that everybody should be getting just because they're very reasonably costed. And you can just do a lot of things with them because they have all these different arms. And this is a perfect example of somebody, should I get a disc sander? They're very expensive. Well, they don't have to be. If you had a broad back, you could just get the uh, get the arm. Was that an official commercial or is that an extra? <laughs> um, you you jump in too, Jeff. You tell me a no, bit more about your broad Let's go back to broad back later. We only hit this, this the second question. They're having a twofer. A twofer. <laughs> um yeah i think we answered the question really um who wants to give the next yeah question? i'll do the next one is from pig iron forge he says hey guys been checking in with some of my customers lately and have been discovering that a lot of them barely use my knives uh they've become drawer queens although i do find a little <laughs> do find it a, a little flattering i guess uh it makes me kind of pissed i've worked very hard on my craft to produce something that is pretty but also performs like some of the best knives in the world although i know i'm not there yet uh it's all it's also hard to improve without honest reviews what are your thoughts on this how do you feel about people basically buying your hard work for a show draw queens never heard that before it's hmm. not what i heard <laughs> that's your only fans page that's your that's your that is your fucking perfect that's perfect for you um and that, that that's a strange one really because generally i don't really know what goes on with my knives once they've been sold um so i, I wouldn't really know whether they're being used it's nice to get the occasional um you know dm from a customer and, they, and they're showing their knife being used or something that's lovely um, but yeah, I don't know, to be honest, what happens with my knives once they're out the door. Um, and I'm, to be honest, I'm not really too too bothered about it either. Um, if they're not happy with it, I'm obviously bothered because it's something that I need to change. But if they're happy with the knife, um, I'm happy for them to do what they want with it, really, I suppose. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I'd mentioned in a recent episode um, that some some of my work I know is just sitting on a shelf. And it used to piss me off, but at the same time, I, I'm also kind of, I've started to try to do a better job of not caring. Um, mm. Because, you know, the reason I'm doing this is for people to enjoy them. And whether that's actually using the knife or just looking at them as a showpiece or whatever, a, a dare I say, art piece hanging on the wall or something like that. Um, that's not up to me. I'll, I'll, you know, they paid me. And, um, you know, I think... I think when it comes to wanting feedback, you know, 
uh, unfortunately a lot of especially when at least when it comes to chef's knives um unfortunately i don't think very many people can give very good feedback um other makers can give you pretty good feedback um, but I think the thing that's helped inform me the most on how my knives perform is actually knowing how to use the knife. And so I wouldn't rely too heavily on customer feedback. And most knife makers can't cook. Right. <laughs> Which we did see when we did our cooking challenge. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was talking to Mertansu on, on my podcast, and we were talking about that. We were talking about how, you know, a lot of custom knife makers, they don't cook. Mm-hmm. You know, or or don't have had haven't had a lot of experience in a professional kitchen anyway. I tend to agree with Mareko completely. You know, I you know most of the time people don't even you know tell me that they received the knife. So it's like, how am I expecting to get like a, a review? You know, yeah. they don't, they've forgotten. You know, so I don't get too bothered by it. It's like, you know, let them live their lives. I I didn't make them sign a contract saying they need to do like push-ups every time they, they pull the knife out you know <laughs> instagram post every time it's used yeah uh, okay next one is from iron gull knives um question it's the middle of the night you hear a thump from downstairs then hear a window squeak open a burglar is in your house assuming a narwhal tusk isn't within reach but of all your previous knives you've made are which do you choose to, f- to defend your family and your honor? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so, w- yeah, which is your most badass knife, I suppose, that would uh, help a home invasion? I read this question and I was rem- remind. I, I thought, well, obviously, if, if there's, number one, if there's a burglar, my dogs are going to, like, go bananas. But the, the, then I thought, well, maybe I'd probably run down like like a maniac naked and just like start waving my arms around and you know trying to like. And then I realized that You're I like had what, si- what's that bloke with the uniball doing? <laughs> <laughs> Beach ball drink, fucking drink, motherfuckers! You're gonna be drinking today. But I, I said, and then I realized that we'd had this question before, and I said the exact same thing. <laughs> and I was yeah. gonna, it's gonna start off with me being naked. And then I started to think. So if if Hillary wakes up and she says, I think there's someone downstairs, is my immediate move to say, all right, take your clothes. I got to take my clothes off and run downstairs. (laughs) How do you get to the point where you're just like, all right, better investigate. Shorts off. Time to go. Uh, Yeah. Um, I mean, what what would I do? Um, I'd probably wake the wife up and say, "What's that? Go Do have something a look downstairs. There's a, there's a surprise downstairs for you." Uh, the drawer queen just woke me up. And she wants me to get going. Uh, uh, no, um, I do actually have one of my knives by the side of my bed. Do weirdly. you? I do, and um, and it's only because it's a prototype I'm working on, and I'm using it a lot, so just holding and so on at the moment. Um, so yeah, it'd be whatever's handy, obviously. And at the moment, I do happen to have. Uh, um, yeah, a camp-style knife for the side of my bed. <laughs> the thought of defending yourself with a knife just sounds not fun. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sure. sound like it's a fucking good situation at all. Definitely not. Uh, I got one of my... I actually happen to have uh, my serrated bread knife um, from Jeff's infamous video online uh i would probably use uh, you know i feel like a serrated knife would do some serious damage 
and also just like it ideally <laughs> maybe strike a little fear in somebody to see a serrated knife versus a straight edge i don't know i feel like there's something more aggressive about a serrated knife mm. um but yeah ideally you don't have to do that yeah naked with him like a like grabbing like a wiggling newel post would be the move i mean you, you look like a giant you know i have a wiggling newel newel post on my railings there's your other uh, there's that's my and that's my only fan page name wiggling newel post what the fuck i don't even know what that means a newel post is the end of a, a a railing. It's like the post. It's like the upright post at the end oh, okay. of a railing. So my OnlyFans pages. That's that's the name of the show. Uh, Drawer queens and the wiggly newel post. There you go. <laughs> it sounds like a, like an eighties band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually used to. I made one time. I made a knife for a police officer to use for pig hunting. And it was like almost closer to being a bayonet because I guess that was a big thing. In he in, he goes to Florida and he like he's this big. Mo I mean, this is a big monster of a guy. It was like out of like I was I was telling Tony about it. The guy came to my shop and it was like he was lunging with it. It was like out of like three hundred or something like that. It was kind of nuts. And I called it the Persuader. And it's like eleven inch long. You know, it looks like a bayonet. But I was like trying to do something that would be easy for the user to kind of like i don't know go through the chest of a pig it was the whole thing was just like what the fuck am i doing here so if i i'm naked i got a newel post in one hand and the persuader in the other and i'm gonna be you know howling like a monkey and hopefully the dogs are gonna bark too and it's gonna people are gonna leave nice i actually think i'm gonna change my answer too i'm gonna i would actually if if it's any knife i've ever made I, I would do my gladius sword that I made for Forged in Fire. There you go. You imagine somebody walking into the room with a sword in their hand. Pull out a sword. <laughs> that would be pretty interesting. That would work, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But if you're going to be making any sort of crazy <laughs> knife, Jeff, what would you make it on? I would use a Broadback Ironworks <laughs> 2x72 grinder. Go to broadbackironworks.com, put in Knife Talk 10, and get yourself the most versatile grinder you're going to find. You can turn it, you can use it horizontal, you can use it vertical. It's got a long platen. It's got a very, uh, very, very usable, the work rest is awesome, nice and long. And you can kind of, especially if you're, if you're a jig man and you like to want to figure out how to do better jigs for chef knives, the workrest is awesome, totally awesome. They have awesome attachments, really good attachments that you can use for, if you don't have the chassis of a Broadbeck, you can use their attachments on you, whatever you're using, and they're very standard. So go to broadbeckironworks.com, put in Knife Talk 10, help yourself out. Live a little. Live a little, guys. It's Christmas time. Get yourself some, you know, they wanted to make a knife for knife makers, and they're knife makers. And they wanted something that was very, very efficient for a small space, too. Broadbeckironworks.com, Knife Talk 10. Boom. There we go. There we go. A few more questions, then I think we've got some dilemmas. We do. The next question is from Aaron McVeigh. Um, hey, man, can I ask you a question? How comfortable are you guys with using gun blue on cutlery? Morocco. Have you used it, and how comfortable are you? I've never used it, and I. But I was just reading a uh, conversation over uh, on a Facebook group called I think it's called Knife Makers Whiteboard. Um, they were talking about it, and there. I, I thought you were going to say Knife Makers Wives for a second. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, what? <laughs> what the hell? 
<laughs> anyway, sorry. Back back to knife maker and, and um, they were talking about uh, bluing using the uh, the gun bluing, and I guess there are actually a couple different ways to do gun bluing. It's there's a hot process and a cold process, and apparently the cold process is the chemicals used in that are much harsher, and um, what's left on the surface is not safe for. Uh, coming in contact with food or anything that's going to become ingested. Um, hmm. So I guess if you're going to do either, hot might be the better way. Um, but that's that's a whole nother game that I don't really know a whole lot about myself. Yeah, because I was about to say the opposite. <laughs> because I heard, I was I got the, uh, the Jason Knight Forge series, and he and actually when he was on with us earlier in the year, he said that you could use it because he has the he shows you the process on the first season of the Forge series. Okay, and he he said that he he's used it on culinary knives, but that's definitely if if there's any question when in doubt, throw it out. <laughs> I mean, I think that mm, yeah. there needs to be a lot more. You know, don't say well the guys with knife talk said I I should do don't you know this might be one of those things that might need a little bit more of a scientific situation. Yeah, I've never used it simply because I know that, you know, if you ingest it, it's dangerous. But whether there's residue left, I don't know. It's not worth the risk, uh, particularly with a lot of my customers being restaurants. You know, you don't you don't a whole service of people being taken down. So, no, I keep it safe. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that people say is, like, once it's on there, it's on there. But um, I've... I've heard of, actually, my, my friend Adam DeRozier's told me that the only thing he's ever experienced taking off parkerizing, which is a different chemical process, um, but the only thing he's ever experienced taking something like that or affecting it is lemon juice. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like if some sort of lemon juice is going to strip something like that down, um, you know, I what else is it going to take down and possibly yeah. kind of how and what's gonna what's coming off of the blade what's potentially getting into the food i feel like it's just not even worth it um so yeah that's where i'm at yeah that's my thoughts i like i like that answer okay one more this is from um john bigelow not juice bigelow john bigelow uh for the podcast um if there was one maker whose secrets you would steal who would it be Ooh. if you could steal um, secrets from one maker who would it be or this is more like who do you admire so much you want to know what they do possibly yeah yeah hmm yeah you know from all of the um episodes that we've done we've done a lot of interviews and there's a lot of interviews before you guys started as well um I'd probably say Steve Schwartzer because the experience that he's had and the experience that he has but like a lot of other makers, he shares all his secrets anyway, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one, difficult one. He's actually, I got the uh, Forge, the Jason Knight Forge series, and he's he's seasoned, he's episode two. So right, he yeah. he did the can Canister Damascus for the second season. I'm kind of in the middle of that. I thought about him too. Hmm. Yeah, lots of experience. But like I say, he shares a lot of his, like lots of people do. They, they you know, they share their, their ways about doing things, so. Who have you got, Morocco? Hmm. I'd have to think about that one. I don't. I think. I mean, the the people whose work I admire the most are 
especially people who do like a lot of engraving and carving. Um, so there's like Jean-Louis Regal over in France, or there's uh, Veronique Laurent in Belgium. Um, there's a Russian maker named uh, Vitaly Bedrick who does phenomenal carving on his uh, on his pukos, and it's just blows me away. And that's that's something I would really love to learn. I don't know if I really have a good way to incorporate it into my work, but I really admire and just love the idea of carving and sculpting the handles in such interesting ways. I could see it on your bolsters. It could be beautiful. Mm. in some sort of really ornate 3D engraving. Sure. Oh, thank, thank God you said bolsters. It sounded like you were going somewhere else. <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah. say bollocks. Yeah. Yeah. Emphasis on the S on the end there, Jeff. Okay. See, most people have two. <laughs> I have two. Drink. Drink, guys. Everyone take a sip. It ain't, it ain't over, guys. I, I would have to say... I would have to say probably... Uh, I'm going to say Joshua Prince. He's, I love w looking at his work and it's like every single time he comes up with something and it's like he has, he and Nick Anger both have this kind of like very, very, there's this, there's, there's this captured spontaneity in their work that, and then there's also this kind of carefreeness in their attitude that I love. So I would, one of the two of those guys, definitely. Cool. Cool. Okay, let's try something um, a bit different. Let's change things up. Things that make you go, hmm. Okay, now I we got some dilemmas, and it, it we get dilemmas, and then we also get like what I also refer to as the ramblings of the listeners. And um, so sometimes, if if you have something you want to, you know, if even if you want to just uh, make note of something that we said, I'll uh, I'll kind of put those in here too. So. Um, the first dilemma is from, so there's going to be dilemmas and there's going to be, we're going to, don't worry, we'll get this thing through. DTM shenanigans uh, put up, he says, um, here's one for you fine gents. I recently suffered an injury while using my 2x72 grinder. I want, um, I won't go into much detail, but several, I got several stitches and a severed tendon later. I'm stuck wondering what I could do for the next few weeks while I heal. What would you do if you lost one of your hands for a short period of time? And it's it's my non-dominant hand. So you're recovering. You're at home. What are you going to do to get your life squared away while you can't be in the shop? Hmm. Um, it, would be, it would be sort of more design work for me, I suppose, you know, whilst I sort of recover. So when I get back up and running, I'm... I've got new stuff to do. Oh yeah, you got um, that. You're gonna have that laser cutter going 24/7. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that's what it'd be. Or either that, or use the time to sort of educate myself more and learn more stuff. You know, which is always always a good thing. That would be really good. Learning th Fusion 360 and getting better at like having time to spend to like almost make yourself take a class. Mm, yeah. Exactly, yeah, and it's that time where you know you, you won't feel any guilt because it's, it's all you can do. Um, yeah, I think that'd be be a good thing. Nice record, one hand, one handed. <laughs> and doing? It's my non-dominant hand that's messed up. All right, so I would probably uh, write in my dear diary 
Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, I have a, I have a lot of ideas written down in my journals um, that I, they're just like the basic concept. And so I, there's a lot of them that I can expand on that I haven't taken the time to um, like just just write full notes on so that when I do finally go to attempt it, uh, I've kind of thought it through as best as I can. Um, not very spontaneous, I know, Jeff, but, um, but yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, Lots of journaling stuff, drawing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to pick that book back up that I'm supposed to work on and get some watercoloring done. I'm, I'm like behind, behind, behind on that, but that's hmm. what I would do. Get, I try to become a better painter. Like I'd really like, I used to, every so often I'd have a giant canvas uh, in the, in the house. And my, my wife loved it. She loved just walking in. I'm working on a painting. I would definitely get back into painting. I'd actually, I'd love to, when I get older, I'd love to take more critical painting classes because there's a lot of things that I have a real problem with that I'd like to kind of. What's critical painting? <clears throat> I mean, I, <clears throat> I just came up with that expression a bit, but oh. there's, <clears throat> I'm sorry. There's a lot of things in painting that when you look at it, you can kind of see based on your knowledge of painting where people are struggling. Like I have some friends who, when I look at their work, you can tell that they've spent an awful lot of time on this one spot because it was just a frustrating part of the paint job. And there wasn't this degree of spontaneity throughout the whole thing. Hmm. So I have those little moments and my sisters and I talk about it, um, each other's paintings and we talk about where we all stumble and there's this, there's like a psychological kind of spot where I'd like to kind of get through, uh, with some of the way I paint. So that's what I would do. Cool. Nice. Julian Sacco says, <clears throat> prepare to drink everybody. Pardon me. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, pertaining to Jeff's whole testicle uniball situation. I don't have a uniball. Thank you very much. A very good friend of mine, uh, fought with testicular cancer and won. Congratulations. But in the process, he lost a soldier. Apparently, from what he tells me, what happens is is the remaining testicle has to compensate for the lost one and pretty much doubles in size. Oh, jeez. So if you lost one, I don't think you'd be walking funny, but instead you might be more secured and anchored, like a sandbag on a tripod. <laughs> a sandbag. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not, I mean, yeah, you get the idea. Uh, I have yeah. not fact-checked this. He could be yanking my chain. Pun intended. Hopefully this answers all your life's questions. Um, Again, like a worm's tail we talked about before. It'll grow back, but this is this will just get bigger. Just I, uh, one, I talked to a bigger. medical professional about this, and their answer was, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think, you know, the lonesome one starts to kind of, like, bulk up because they don't have a roommate anymore, you know? <laughs> I don't think there's a, yeah, I don't think that's true. I don't think you have like a, you know, at the end of the day, you get a mango in a bag under your balls, you know, under your dick. So drink up, everybody. That one's a, that's a drink twofer. Up. Yeah. Testicle <laughs> talk from last week. Robin McKibben says 500,000 for one testicle. Man, Jeff, you must be proud of those guys. $10,000 is all I need to sell you one. So Adam, uh, Rob McKibben is uh, he doesn't have a high uh, regard for his genitals. No. So drink up. Okay. Dan Ackman, still on testicle talk. I told you guys are going to start drinking. 
Tell Mareko that his dog hangs to the left because he cuffs it with the right hand. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) And over time, it gets curved like a hockey stick. Do you guys find it somewhat problematic that you're telling people to take sips and take drinks after we're talking about dicks? They're and balls? not. This is Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> They're all right. So thank Ooh. you, Dan. <laughs> thank you for that oh, one. I appreciate Jesus. it. We all appreciate it. Whew. All right. Next one comes from Le Forgions. Le Forgions. Forgions. Listening to last week's episode, my old man lost his one nut after he was born and it had it displayed on his desk for the next 28 years. He stabilized it. To expand on that, I have a younger brother and he keeps it as a badge of honor for conceiving a child with one nut. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing something. I don't know. I'm sorry. So, congratulations. Uh, all right. And now we're back to the last dilemma. Tassie talks over everybody. Everyone's called the police. Call the ambulance. You're all in trouble. Don't follow this game. Ah, uh, okay. This one comes from Jordan Dans. This is not. This is nothing to do with genitals. Here's a dilemma I had yesterday. The wife of a buddy of mine reached out to me on Instagram and he tells uh, tells me her husband loves my knives and would like to get one for him for his upcoming birthday. And then he tells me uh then tells me he like uh what he likes and she says, "All right, so the the wife the wife likes the work, the husband likes the work. The wife's trying to get a Christmas a birthday present for him and she says, "Can you do that for $100?" And he goes, I don't blame people for not knowing what knives, about knives and what they cost. But do you go into a new steakhouse, tell them exactly how you want your steak, and then ask them if they can do it for $15? So did that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Woman wants to get her husband a knife, tells him exactly what he wants, and then, you know, nickels and dimes or nickel and dimes poured Jordan Dance for for that. What do you do? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. What I, I generally do is when people ask for something specific and I send um, details of sort of previous work to them, I'll, I'll put prices with that so they can they know what to expect. Quite often you won't hear back, um, but if you do, at least they know what sort of ballpark you'd be looking at. You don't have to really drink for when he said ballpark. No, no, <laughs> no not needed. <laughs> we've, we've covered everybody. Everybody just don't stop. Just stop the game. Just stop. Don't start drinking anymore. <laughs> I hate yeah, it when people do it's, that. It's the worst, isn't it? When yeah, and especially for somebody you know, you know, because you want you want your friends and family to have your work because you know that you want them to know what you do. But yeah, it's 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 a difficult one, unfortunately. I know makers who nickel and dime other makers, and it it infuriates me. I I think that <clears throat> you don't go to the grocery store and then you know put you know put everything into the on the register and then. 
you know, nickel and dime the grocery store person, you know? Mm. It's just like, I really, really, really do everything I can to be, you know, this is the price, this is the price. I never, you know, if I can't, if it's too expensive, then I say, yeah, it's too expensive and that's the end of it. But I, I, I find it very frustrating when someone gives you this whole song and dance. We had a guy who, we had a guy who wanted something and Tony, you know, spent all too much time um, kind of going back and forth with this person. And then it was, you know, and then all of a sudden I, as I said, they listened to this podcast and said, I hear you can put in knife talk 10 and get 10% off. Oh, Jesus. And Tony was just like, you got to do something about this or, or I am. So it was like, it, and it got to the point where it was like the whole thing didn't work, but it's, I, people just do whatever they want. They, they, they think that because you, you know, they don't know you that they're going to, uh, or they do what I happened to me a couple of times where they give you cash and then they, you know, hmm. they short you. So, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told you about that story, right? Yeah. Yeah. This guy, yeah, this yeah. guy comes in with his whole family. I gave him a price. He does that kind of Goomba handshake with the money in your hand. And then I'm not going to count it in front of his wife. And then they walk off and I'm like, motherfucker, sure to be 20 bucks or 40 bucks or something like that. I've been, that happens all the time. It's fucking annoying. He automatically gave himself a discount for paying in cash. Well, I mean, <laughs> you can, yeah, exactly. And then you could, you know, and then the move would be is, like, oh, I, did I, did I, uh, oh, I didn't know. I mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to call the guy up and say, you know, you shorted me. I'm not going to do that. But I hate that shit. Yeah. What can you do? And what a lot of it is, can you make this, can you make this, can you make this by a certain day? And then can you, you know, all this, you know, you're jumping through hoops. Like I had somebody who wanted me to jump through hoops. And then at the end I said, yeah, I can make it for this day. I'll jump in line. I'll make, you know, make this happen. I want to, I want you to have a good, you know, situation. And then they're like, and can you do it for, and then all of a sudden it's just like, I got to jump through hoops and I got to kill myself on the price. Come on, man. Yeah. <sighs> so you should send Arnie round maybe. Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! 15% off. That's not small change. That's a big chunk. So make sure you're using KNIFETALK15 at combatabrasives.com for all your abrasives. Before we get back into, uh, hey man, can I ask you a question? This is an, an, um, a, a request to the listeners, to the listeners. We are going to do the All Beef Review, I think we're going to do it the first week of January. Is that right? Yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah. I need more beefs. We got, I got a good load of beefs. I need more beef. The, what I don't want is, we'll t I, at the first I didn't realize, you know, I, didn't, I just, you know, whatever you want, whatever you want, send me whatever you want. I'm not going to, we're not going to read beefs against other people, you know, specific people. I've been getting a few of those and I've had to write back. I'm like, look, we're not, this is supposed to be fun. This isn't like, you know, the sniper box podcast where we're like taking shots at people. We try to be as community oriented as possible. We're not going to take shots at people. We're not going to, you know, so send us your beefs. I need more beefs, but like, don't aim it at a specific person. It's just like, come on, we're not. We're That's not, not cool. They're yeah. not reading that. We're not. We're not going to try to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. So. Okay. 
let's go back to questions. Um, oh, what's that? T. 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 Sack basement made. T. Sack basement made. He's been sending a lot in. He's been a, he's been a he's been a, a, a real soldier to the podcast. Okay. T. Sack basement made. It's Timo. Hey guys, I'm looking to go into stainless, but it seems so hard to get it heat treated. Yeah, girl. I do have a kiln. Um, but no fancy oil, quench plates, or liquid nitrogen. Can you do it with a limited budget stuff? He said, thanks again for the show. Um, and he greets from Holland. And yeah, it's Timo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so stainless, if you don't have um, quench plates or, or fancy oils or liquid nitrogen, um, I suppose you'd go for an air hardening. Um, I, think, I think A2, I think that air hardens, and there's got a fair chromium content in that. Um, what do you guys think? I think you wait until you got the right stuff, unless you're going to send it out. Hmm. I mean, if he's got the oven, right? Yeah. So he says he's you got just count. go to a scrapyard, yeah. and then they'll have you know you don't need a you know nine thousand dollars worth of aluminum. You just need some plates, you know, three quarters of an inch. You know, fifty. You know, if your if your if your knives aren't bigger than, let's say your knives for argument's sake are ten inches long all day. Just get two, get a 20, uh, 20 inch piece and then cut it in half. You know, you, there's scrap yards that sell aluminum blocks. And mm. I usually, when I, if I, if I stop by one, I'll, I'll grab some. They're usually in the scrap bin and they're not much. So I don't think you need a lot of stuff. The, the liquid nitrogen can be very expensive, but, uh, if you needed to do cryo, you could just go get some dry ice and what is it? Acetone or. Yeah, acetone as well as uh, isopropyl alcohol or denatured alcohol. Yeah, it's not that. I mean, or you can use stainless that doesn't really need the cryo. I don't think it's that expensive. Just get some aluminum plates and you know a little air compressor, and that's all you really need. <clears throat> yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I I I really think you know it. I. If you want to get into stainless, you you gotta have a few things in line. He obviously he has the kiln, but um, not having the right oil or other things, I think you're you're doing. It's a little bit of a you know the cart the cart before the horse right situation, and you're not gonna be doing yourself any favors by trying to jump into something you're just basically not ready for. Um, right. So maybe just slow it down and get the other stuff you need, and then start working on it. Right. Good, good, good call. Good call. Yeah. Okay. Um, this next one's from Aaron Goff. Aaron Goff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, oh, that was it. Oh, you did a good job. That was good. You had him. You had me. He says, hey, cuties, it's me, Aaron. Long time listener, first time caller. That's a lie. He's talked twice. Mike at Cutler Knives wanted me to ask you guys if you could send him some nudes. Hmm. Keep up the good work, Aron. I did. We sent a couple of nudes to Mike. Jesus, um, did you? He he, I really did. He wasn't impressed. <laughs> Are they some of those page three gals? I I was creative with emojis. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron is as truly. I'm telling you. He's like cracking out of his shell or something like that. He's 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 jokey. Sends me all these jokes. He just if you listen to his his YouTube videos and P.S. best YouTube videos. I mean his YouTube videos are really great. He sounds like he's very proper. He's very measured. He's very you know succinct. He seems like he knows what he's doing. 
And then he comes and sends us these DMs are just like <laughs> off the wall. He's Australian, Lockdowns, isn't he? Driving us all crazy. Yeah. Australian from, uh, he lives in Canada. Right. Well, you know, <clears throat> the rest of the Aussies we know are all fucking crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, they are nuts. They are nuts. Shout so... out to shout out to uh, the boys over at uh, Knife Making Down Under. Knife Talk Down Under. I tell you what, I, let's give a little love to them because I'll tell you what they do that I'm I think is great. If you follow them on Facebook, they do their podcast live, and then there's an interactive quality, so you can actually interact with them. And they've done a Corn's done a very, very good job of creating something that's very similar to the way radio is. We can't take callers. I'd love it if we could take callers. That would be the best. But mm. he they figured out a way to kind of make it very interactive and it is a lot of fun. Actually, they had Bob Kramer on and that was great. They had a great time. So shout out to the Australians. They're they're uh, doing something different. They're not flea yeah. bags. They are fucking good dudes. Oh, they're great. Okay, next one is from Running Man Forge. Uh, question for you dudes. How many thousands of an inch would you take the edge to before sharpening for different style knives? And he says chef hunting, bowies, choppers, etc. Um, basically, I take all of my knives basically, basically down to sharp. They'll cut paper before I even take them to the sharpener. Mm-hmm. Um, so however many thousands of an inch that is, I, I don't know. Um, but you know, most of my knives are culinary knives, so that they've got very delicate edges. I suppose they're not, you know, chopping through wood and so on. Um, the only knife that I do that isn't is the camp knife, um, and that's got a um, what's the edge called? The uh, a saber, a saber grind. So it's it's quite it's very steep, but then you do a um, like a, a final sharpening bevel on that as well. Uh, but what about you guys? What how? How thin are you going before you actually get to the sharpener? How thin, Jeff? I don't know thousands. That, that all that thousand, thousand. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that. A thirty-second so of an inch is about thirty thousands. Wait, what? Say a, it again. A thirty-second of an inch is about thirty thousands. Look at look at you teaching me. So you read a. Th- I'm not even going to ask you how you read a thousand. So <laughs> I go. As far as possible, and then when I'm sharpening it, it takes like a minute or two on the belts. Like a couple swipes on 220, a couple swipes on 400, a couple swipes on 800, hit the buffer, and then see how it cuts through paper. I don't really know from thous. I don't measure. For those who, who are in a country where they use proper measurements... Um, a thousandth of an inch is about 0. 0.025 of a millimeter. Hmm. Right. This has turned into a XYZ podcast. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mareko, how, how thin do you go then before you're putting that final edge on? Yeah, I and use... is it the same for all of your knives? Uh, it, it depends on the... the I, I don't know. It depends on the user as well as the style of knife. Um part of my conversations I have with my customers is just to try to get a feel for their understanding of custom knives and their experience with custom knives. And, uh, if somebody doesn't have a lot of experience or this is their first custom, like full custom knife, I'll, I'll beef it up, quote unquote, beef it up just a little bit. Um, because the likelihood of them being, um, 
undesirably rough with the knife is probably a lot higher versus somebody who owns a few custom knives already um where i'll push the geometry a, a quite a bit thinner but i'm usually it's probably it's either a zero bevel or it's about a couple thousandths at the edge um before i sharpen um and then what is it i, I you know the the way i've i've found um how thick the knife needs to be or what the the thickness at the edge needs to be before sharpening is it's just beating the shit out of some knives uh i took a chef's knife and started hammering it into some antler just to see what the heat treat had done it was damascus and and it was pretty thin i ground it like i would do my normal knives and it it uh kind of deformed the edge and and blew out a chip so i pulled it out pulled the edge back to the bottom of that chip uh and it was 20 thousandths of an inch and then i resharpened it and then did it again and there was nothing like nothing happened so but again that's that's on that particular steel with that particular heat treat um and sharpened at that particular angle which was probably a rough like 30 degree angle overall i i think it, you really you you gotta do a little r&d and and you gotta make something that you're willing to destroy to learn a thing or two about your own process um and that's the only way i've been able to decide and and kind of make an informed decision on how far to pull back the geometry um, hmm. on my knives. You know, I think that's quite quite key what you said about who the customer is as well. And um, let's you know, for a chef knife, um, if you know they're gonna you know they're gonna be looking after the knife and they 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 you know they they've had other sort of maybe custom knives before, you can maybe take that a bit thinner. But if but if it's you know for your great auntie Mildred who's gonna be battering through chicken carcasses, you're gonna <laughs> want to make it thicker. Yeah, she can't cook. Don't worry about her. Yeah. I uh, actually, when I was talking to Mert Tansu this past week, he said something that was so fascinating to me. He says one thing that a lot of people don't do is if you're getting into making chef knives, a lot of times people will base it off of some, a uh, base it off of another knife. Like you go out and get a knife. If you're buying a cheap knife that's not good to begin with, that's your base. Mm. He says you kind of need to have a higher standard of base in order to gain the exceptionalism he's like i know he's like i know people who have gotten very inexpensive knives and use that as a sample of what you should be shooting for and then they're you know so you're just you're 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 not getting everything out of your samples not any good so yeah yeah so it's it's a low point to start with right yeah it's a good one who wants to take the next the one? next one comes from moth light customs hey cuties i have a question I recently started forging knives as opposed to stock removal, and so far I love it. However, I've noticed that after a long forging session, four to seven hours or so, my ring finger on my dominant hand is really sore. I work with my hands in my day job, so I'm used to a little hand strain. This feels different. Is it possible that I'm swinging the hammer too hard or the wrong way? Or is it just an area that will toughen up over time? I don't mind it uh, too much. But I don't want to be doing anything, any long-term damage. Happy, um, thanks for keeping me company in the shop. Hope Jeff gets his car fixed and quick, uh, quickly and has a better birthday. Thank you, Moth. I had a great birthday. What do you think, guys? I Leave me out of this one. I take my ring off. Injuries I get is pressing the space bar too, too heavily, <laughs> so I don't, I, don't, I don't lift hammers. A little heavy-handed on the space bar. Um, I take my ring off. 
when I'm at work. I don't wear it at work. Because, first off, I don't want to ruin, like, smash it up on, scratch it up on stuff. But um, I also don't want any terrible degloving accidents to happen catching my finger on something. It happens. Forging is using different muscles. And you're sure. you're not used to it as well as you know. It's not the same. Like I had ten. I I was very active for a long time and do you know doing physical labor and stuff like that. And then when I first started doing forging, I'd end up getting uh, tennis elbow in my tong hands, and um, I uh, it's you got to be real careful. You got to be real real careful. Um, it's one of those things that uh, it's not the same as. It's not the same as um, as everything else, and you just have to be real careful. I think that there are a lot of things that people are doing that are not healthy for uh, striking. A lot of times, one of the things that, that that can be bad is if you have your thumb on the 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 handle, you can actually shoot energy up your arm, and you can get like problems. Um, it's one of those things. I think it is one of those things where you do have to like practice at it. And then the other thing is, is there are different types of uh, systems like the Hoffy system for an ergonomic style of hammering and there are ways in which you can be more comfortable doing it so nice sorry I was on mute there um, right I want to tell you about um, the sandpaper that we use um, and I've just ordered a big batch which came this morning so yeah just in time to do some extra work but it is Rhino Wet by Indasa USA um, they're actually a Portuguese company, but um, I think Industry USA they, they handle all their um, all their marketing that kind of thing. But they, it's the best. It's the best sandpaper. It's um, it's going to save you money because it saves you time. And it's sheets of sandpaper that you can just use and use and use and use. The three of us use it. It's great stuff. And you can get it from Texas Farrier Supply. So that's TexasFarriersupply.com, where they stock Indasa in in lots of different grits. Um, they also sell a lot of other stuff for the knife maker too. So head on over to uh, TexasFarrowSupply.com. Have a look what they've got. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll also get 10% off that order as well. So go take a look. It's going to be worth your time. Nice. All right. This next one is from Dyes in Every Film. He says, what's the best epoxy dye to use? I got some stuff and the epoxy didn't harden properly. It was like rubber. I want a dye that makes the epoxy go Full blast hard. I don't use any. You do, don't you, Jeff? You use dyes. Sometimes some of the dyes do make the epoxy a little bit gummier. And I don't know. I've noticed that with certain dyes and certain epoxies. Um, it's just a longer curing time. So... I think that it's it's a lot of it's the volume of dye you're using too. Um, I think you should do some uh, kind of look at different dyes and look at different uh, dye, um, types of epoxy, and then see what which works the best. But are you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, I was just going to ask if you're using like a liquid dye or if you're using a powder form, and I how use that a, might affect I have, things. I have used liquid, different types of liquid dyes. Um, and some sort of gel dyes. And I have noticed that there is a little bit of uh, gumminess 
so to speak mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know just take it takes longer for it to get hard sure sounds like a old man problem uh, well, that's maybe more just a die problem a poxy problem because all poxies aren't the same it's true what epoxy are you using jeff uh i use the g-flex uh i use uh the uh, west systems and then i got some from i got some epoxy that i like from c-tech is it c-tech let me just make sure i'm getting it right ah i i had a box delivered here probably about three weeks ago with a bunch of this stuff in and um I didn't. I hadn't ordered it, and I didn't know who it had come from. There was no letter with it, and I haven't had any messages from anybody. Um, so I'm wondering whether they sent, sent, yeah, the three of us some. I don't know. What, but, um, what, is, it, what is the name of the pot? The... CEC Tech. CEC like Tech. That. Yeah, they sent me some stuff, and and I actually liked it a lot. It, it was, uh, it was, it it had a, it had a longer curing time, but it was great. So I use that too. Hmm. I, in in the package there was like a, like a little super glue as well, and I used it. Funny enough, just yesterday, because I found that the um, the tool rest on my grinder wasn't quite long enough, so I had a big bit of G10, which I just just temporarily just to do one little job, and I stuck it on there, and it, and it just worked really well. It did, you know, as it's meant to. So yeah, nice. But yeah, um, yeah generally I use I use West System stuff too. Cool. Yeah, I've been thinking about transitioning over to West Systems. I also got that CEC. Uh, corp or CC tech glue stuff. I haven't had a chance to use the epoxy yet, but I have been using the super glue and I've been finding it super handy. They have basically like the three different kind. One, they they vary in kind of uh, viscosity, I guess. And they're, oh. I've found them super handy. Um, but uh, right, I think right now I'm using most often I'm using the rogue um, from combat. I'm using a super glue from combat and I've had great results with it. And again, they do two different versions too. Then they are like a fast set in and a slow set in. Yeah. yeah. Mileage may vary. Okay. <sighs> Jeff, what's the plan for the week? And, and, for those who, you know, if you're listening, we're actually recording a day earlier um, this week because uh, Jeff's daughter has, has a birthday tomorrow. Very excited. Um, yeah, so, what, so what's the plan for that to begin with? Well, I worked on this sculpture for almost like a month, and I love it. And I'm really excited to give it to her. And uh, we've gotten her some things, and we're going to get her a new iPhone. And 16th birthday is a big deal. Uh, and because she, we, you know, we're, we're because Hillary, my wife is, First, a frontline worker, and we're she's exposed to so many sick people, and it, things are getting worse. We're just like battening down the hatches and not seeing anybody. So she's been really good. My kids have been really good about you know just being as careful as possible. So we're gonna make her some food. She uh, we're gonna give her some gifts, and we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to giving her the best party with just her parents <laughs> she can have. I mean, it's not you know. <laughs> It's not probably what a 16 year old wants, but she's very, very, she's very, very mature beyond her years. And I'm, I'm very proud of her. So did you hear she had a shout out on the handmade podcast this week? No, I didn't. Yeah. What did you, what did they say? <laughs> they were, I, I can't remember what it was. They were talking about, um, interview. They, they wanted to start doing interviews on the show and, um, they were saying, uh, I don't know how it came about. It was a joke. And they were saying, well, maybe we should get, um, 
relatives of of makers on the show instead talk about what they really like and i think i think paul pinto said they're probably getting your daughter on <laughs> paul's got to watch himself paul's got to watch himself <laughs> i man. think it, it, it may have been chris i'm not quite sure which one yeah. it was but it, it was quite funny it weren't derogatory in any way it, it was quite funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta they gotta they gotta those guys are good dudes they, they apparently i'm their uh i'm their they think anytime a noise is made, they think I'm going to be mad. <laughs> yeah, um, but work-wise, what's what's the plan? I got to haul ass. I got to haul ass, and I'm a, I'm at the uh, I'm at I'm at the I'm at third base, and I got to slide into home. So I got to I got to haul ass. So for the next two weeks, I got to like haul ass, and then I got to haul ass afterwards. <laughs> the big plan that's the big plan well first off before i get into what i'm looking forward to this week i just want to give a shout out to noor gawi uh she she was a she asked a question a few oh geez it's probably been several months now um she's getting into knife making and and uh she wanted some advice and she's been doing great and she just opened her etsy store um so she's noor gawi uh g-a-r-o-u-i on uh instagram but anyways Big shout out to her and congratulations. Uh, my cool. week. What what type of knives is she making? Uh, she, you know, she's just getting started. I, I think mostly I've seen hunters from her. Uh, it's it, it's her and her mom are, are um, making knives together, and um, cool. they're doing good stuff. And I follow them both. Her mom's super funny. Um, and so, anyways, but yeah, congratulations to her on her Etsy store. Uh, this week. What's going on this week? I got so I got that steel. I'm forging out. Actually, I'm getting. In, I'm headed into the shop after the show, forge out a blade today, and do the heat treat and everything. Uh, hopefully, everything goes smooth. Fingers crossed, please. Uh, I guess mostly you guys. <laughs> um, and then um, that's. Let's see what else is going on this week. What is it? Just tighten things up for the rest of the for like Christmas and stuff. Um, getting ready for the holidays and just like spending time with family. We've all been doing a good job of kind of staying pretty well isolated. And so we're going to be able to get together, uh, which will be nice. Um, I have a single track I'm going to be doing recording this coming week. Nice. And, uh, so that should be good and get that ready and over to Craig ASAP so that we can all kind of have a little break over the holiday. Um, otherwise that's basically, that's basically it, man. When, when, will, when will that be for? Oh, that always it's only the twelfth. Never mind. It'll be so like like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. so that's the week after the next, I think, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I've had well, quite a relaxing week really already. And I say I'm not really doing any production work now this side of Christmas, simply because it won't get to people in time. So um, I'm working on the the next batch of knives, which I'll be doing for January, um, which are like a lower-priced chef knife um, called Raw. Um, so I'm going to be working on them and you know photographing them, make a little video of that kind of thing, ready for New Year. So no real pressure, really. Um, it's going to be quite nice. But next Friday, we jump in the car and we do the big trip back to Wales for Christmas. So, yeah, I'm going to make sure I'm well rested for that because it's a drive right through the night and we've got the obviously the twins with us as well. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's not going to be nice because I think 
we've got terrible rain here at the moment and that's promised for next friday so yeah take it nice and easy and arrive safely um next saturday morning in back in the uk and you're going to be able to record for knife talk i'm taking stuff with me yes oh, yeah boy. yeah yeah but um Look yeah at you. So that's that's the big dedicated part. dedicated oh yes but uh we, we haven't talked well i think it's a good idea we haven't but we haven't talked about like the pandemic over the last couple of weeks um, but we're going back to the UK, obviously, and we need to self-isolate for a certain time and all the rest of it. Um, but here in France, um, from Monday, there was a curfew. So we're not allowed to leave the house. Um, so, yeah, so we've got we've got four or five days of being under curfew before we leave to go to... We can leave the house because we're going back to back to the UK for something. Um, but generally, you're not allowed to leave, to leave the house after 6 p.m., <laughs> So it's, yeah, things are getting things are getting worse, yeah. and I think you know after after Christmas is over and people have been mingling that kind of thing, it's going to be even worse. But um, it is what it is. It is what it is. But that's that's my week, um, and I think that's a show. That's a show. So make sure you get your beefs over um, to us at uh, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. Um, make sure they they DMs. Um, and yeah, next week we'll have a normal show. Uh, the following week, um, Mareko is doing a single track, and then we're into the new year where we'll have our all beef special. There we go. Can't wait. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Speak to you next week. Bye for now. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.